the right amount of drunk for this. I have been so geeky this week, you guys. You are the Yoda of abdominal tumors. This is serious business. Greetings, I have nothing to say, but this is serious business. I am Jeff, your host for this week's episode. And tonight we have an exciting, exciting, exciting pre-Halloween <laughs> improvisode. It's going to be full of things that we totally planned out and know exactly how to tackle properly. Uh, actually, we're going to wing this one, do it live, because uh, well, we feel like it. But I swear we've got like a good concept for next week. I swear. <laughs> Promise. You ride this one out, folks. We pinky <laughs> swear. Yeah. Bear with us. Mm-hmm. See, even the guy in the car agrees. Mm-hmm. He's he's all over this. Oh yeah. So uh, joining me this week, we've got Kristen. Kristen, how's it going? It's going well. Glad to hear it. So Kristen, do you have? Oh, nice. That wasn't me. Oh, it was me. Sorry. Very nice. I didn't think it would be that loud. <laughs> so Kristen, you're, you're stepping on my moment. <laughs> uh, Kristen, do you have any phobias? I hate insects. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All kinds, or? If they're small enough, I can deal with it. But anything, like, larger than, like, a nickel, I or a dime, even, I just, I can't. Mm-hmm. And, which is really helpful when I live alone in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked it up, and uh, that, that fear is called entomophobia. Entomophobia. Okay. Entomophobia, also known as insectophobia, which would probably be easier. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what a straightforward name, that one. I have less problem with spiders, because mostly around here we don't get really big ones <laughs> yet. Knock on wood. So, like, the little ones, I just let them live, and I just kind of, like, try to make eye contact and be like, we cool? You just get gone, and we're cool. But insects, just no. No mas. No mas. No mas. So yes. I've, I've dealt with the scourge a couple times in my new place. We get an exterminator who comes once a month, and that's cool, but sometimes it, like, draws them out. And so, like, one time I was standing in my kitchen just getting a drink, and I'm like, I don't remember that not being there in the floor. Oh, no! And that one was nearly dead, so I just swept him up and flushed him. Um, but another time I got home, and I just, like, went to the sink, and there was some dude just hanging out in there. And so I just put the hose on him and dealt with that. <laughs> but yeah, luckily he was in the sink, so I could just drown him. But mm. yeah, yeah, I'm terrible mm. about like killing bugs and insects. Like I see one and I'm just like, oh, like I, I was raised on like too many sappy Disney Bugs Life type of messages. <laughs> just like I'm just like, oh, go outside, little friend. Oh no, Goodbye. I just don't want to like feel it squish under my hand or foot. So I see. <laughs> Uh, they can die in a fire, for all I care. Kristen, you want to hear my worst insect story? Maybe. So, when I was in college, my roommate, freshman year, would put food under his bed. Oh, no. As you know, is a mistake. Uh, and I once left a box of Pop-Tarts no. on the floor next to my desk. No, 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 no. And I ate one, and I left the other one in there for later. No. So later came... Later came. I already don't like this. It was this night, food. night, nighttime. I was playing a game or something, you know, <laughs> finished all my classwork, pick up the Pop Tart. I take a bite. No! I look down and I notice that my, uh, no, 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 my no, no. chest is covered in tiny ants. I'm like, that's weird. Then I look at the Pop Tart <laughs> and I notice that it's full of ants and I'm like, hmm, 
That's also weird. And the first thought that enters in my into my head is, is there any way that I can still eat this? Oh, no! Because <laughs> I really wanted that Pop-Tart. Right. Wait, did you, but did you bite into the... Did you eat ants? Oh, yes. Oh, my God, yes. Many <laughs> ants were eaten oh. in that one bite. Well, don't don't bury the lead. I mean, yeah. No. Um, no. I, I was trying to imply that. Yeah. <laughs> that is the so thing. So now this... that I know your phobia, Krista, I'm going to happily uh, relay as much information to yeah. exacerbate your phobia as possible. I'm pretty sure it comes from Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. when mm. they unravel Oogie Boogie. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That's um, great. But the thing with this phobia is that it does, like, keep me neat and clean. Like, I am so good about doing my dishes. Mm. because there can be no leftover food anywhere except, like, in the garbage can. Right. It makes me kind of squeamish to take out my garbage, because I'm like, what's in there? And I just, like, really hastily, like, hog-tie it up and then throw it outside. But, yeah, it keeps me good about doing my dishes, so it's helpful in a way. That's good. So there are are useful aspects of that phobia. Yeah, but when I had roommates, I would just, like, make them deal with it, so... Cool. So what, if anything, are you drinking this fun? That was a 10-minute digression about insects. I... Hey, that's that's the point of the Improvisode. <laughs> going to so... stretch this out. It's bullshit. Yep. Um, I'm drinking a gin and tonic with a uh, splash of lemon-lime seltzer. Ooh. You know? Ooh. Uh, keeping it classic. Oh, yeah. So moving on, we got Rob. Rob, how's it going? It's going well, Jeff. Doing well and bug-free over here. Glad to hear it. Very glad to hear yeah. it. Uh, there are no ants in my mouth. <laughs> there aren't ants in my mouth all the time, Rob. <laughs> Just that one time. That's how he uh, one time too many. Yes. So, uh, Rob, what, if any, phobias do you have? I'm, I'm also probably susceptible to the animal kingdom. Uh, not bugs, but I'm okay with bugs. Like, I can deal. But there's something about, like, small mammals that... I'm just, like, not okay with. Like, anything smaller than a chihuahua, I don't want near me. Yeah, <laughs> Christian reminds me, too. <laughs> the exception to this is big, like, those really big white bunnies for some reason. Just white like with, ones? Y- yeah, they're, well, they're usually white when uh, when I see them and they, they frighten me. Is Python thing? Uh, I don't know my Monty Python. No, he's thinking so. of, like, the creepy Easter bunny meme. Like yeah. Those, those sorts of... Well, yeah, with, like, the pink eyes yep. and, like, the big feet and a... Weird I, grin. Yeah, yeah. Th- uh, those disturb me. That's uh, unsettling to me. I don't want to be near those, and I don't want to look at them. <laughs> but that's pretty rare. That they're not, like, big white bunnies, like, just out and about. But, like, I don't know if, like, as a child I had a bad, like, mouse experience or something. Or, you know, I've seen too many rats in the the urban environments which i've lived but there's something about oh i will actually now that i think about it, i was bit by a rat oh, wow. in my adolescence maybe that has something to do with it Anyways. but uh yeah i'm just I'm just not down with like i mean squirrels are everywhere they're okay but uh, i don't want anything to do with small small mammals get them away from me yeah. and rabbits the big rabbits even small rabbits are okay it's just huh. those big white ones which, which i don't know that's got to be something specific are you googling what i have jeff Oh, uh, oh! I, I guess fear I fear of large it's, rabbits. It's tough. Hold on. Yeah, it's it's very specific. Yeah, it's not a fear of rabbits. It's a fear of large white rabbits. Um, yeah, I found that out the hard way. I tried to send him an encouraging picture of a bunny, and he just is like, "Uh, no, that never do that again." <laughs> like, what? what? Right. Are you afraid of bunnies? Wait a wait a minute. There is a name for this. What? It's, it's lepreophobia. 
Lepriophobia, a specific phobia, is an abnormal, debilitating, and often paralyzing fear of evil mutant bunny rabbits. (laughs) (laughs) It is among the most common phobias in the Western Hemisphere. I feel like this is some Wikipedia-level bullshit here. Yeah. This 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 can't be real. Common? Rob, did you write that? No, yeah, I didn't write it. Um, uh, uh, maybe strange. maybe someone wrote it just as we were recording this, but this is this this feels uh, so like I'll I'll uh, we'll we'll the NSA is listening to this call and decided to uh, <laughs> yeah make Rob feel better. Uh, apparently, it's it's part of a group of phobias known as microzoophobia uh, or fear of small animals. Mm. Yeah, this 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 that's me. This can't be real. But anyway, if it is real, no, great. There Rob's is a name. Of there is a name for your. Yeah, there is a name for your condition, Rob. Uh, well, that's the first step in curing it, I guess. Overcoming it, yeah. <laughs> Just cover you in bunnies. Uh, no. Fall asleep. <laughs> I, hear, I heard somewhere that they, like, scream. They scream like children. That's, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, when they attack, they scream, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with that. Uh, did you ever watch Watership Down? <laughs> <laughs> or read. I should actually the proper the proper question is did you ever read Watership Down? Uh, no, I didn't. It's excellent. You should you should give it a try. It might help you. Uh, because it because it, well, it it stars bunnies. Is it like Animal Farm but with bunnies? No, it's it's more heartbreaking. <laughs> There's no I'm other. Sorry, way. did Animal Farm not uh, pull on your heartstrings? Animal Farm pulls on the heartstrings, but Watership Down is uh, it's like. It's a tale of suffering, of great suffering, uh, among okay. numerous rabbits who are forced away from their home. All for so it's like suffering. Secret of Nim, but with big bunnies. Yes, very much, very similar to Secret of Nim. So, Rob, uh, what if anything are you drinking this fine? I have uh, I have a Boddington's Pub Ale. It's delicious. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. feel like you've been rocking the Boddington's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, this is the second batch I've had in a while, and it's uh, overlapped with some podcasts, so. Uh, it's another shout out to Boddington's. Very nice, very nice. So let's see, what are my phobias? I do have, I would say, a bit of a fear of heights and flying that are probably interrelated. And uh, they aren't like super duper debilitating, but they, they can be pretty bad. It's like it's like the first 20 minutes or so that I'm on a plane after it's taken off. I'm kind of, uh, I'm a little like white knuckly, not like massively, but like I... I'm not. I'm definitely not comfortable for a while, and then the plane sort of earns my trust. And then <laughs> once once it's earned my trust, once it hasn't crashed after you know several minutes of flight, I'm I'm pretty much fine. Um, that is and, when most crashes happen. It's either takeoff or landing, right? That's true. And ironically, I really love the landing process. Like I'm into it at landing, um, <laughs> especially if there's no cloud cover and you can actually look out and see like the model city or whatever just looking at the landscape is is so cool what as you're descending but you never see people that always freaks me out is like i'm just looking for one person to be walking down the street and i never see anyone mm. just like did something happen mm-hmm. is this like that stephen king novel or something <laughs> i don't know if that was a specific stephen king novel but it feels like it would be i yeah. i bet it would be yeah. yeah you do see cars though you know and like traffic patterns and that kind of thing yeah. and at night it's really cool because everything looks like a giant sort of circuit board or something <laughs> uh, you see like all the lights moving around and that's always fun and uh, other than that i would say i definitely have a phobia of like stroke or like head head problems oh, oh head God. head problems scare me to death 
Uh, yep. Like an aneurysm? Yeah, oh god, yeah. Ugh, so oh, scary. Don't I even want to, don't even, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not going to dwell on this phobia, we're not going to talk about it, too, too scary right now. Um, yep, yeah, me too, man. Yeah. Uh, and I am, I am actually eating leftover Chinese food, I am, I'm not drinking anything, or I'm drinking water. Uh, nope, you can only drink, you gotta puree it and uh, oh, drink it as a, as a liquid. A Chinese food smoothie? <laughs> God. No. <laughs> they call it General So's Tears. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> Anywho, so let's let's think of something fun to talk about. No, let's talk about our fears some more. Let's share. Uh, let's 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 not share about fears anymore. Fears. <laughs> I don't know why I picked fears, man. That wasn't a good idea. <laughs> now that just we're all depressed it's... and sad. Yeah, just because it's late October, I suppose, and that is the appropriate time. Actually, I, I, I want to ask, have you guys done uh, NaNoWriMo ever? Oh, God. I always, I, well, for like two years, I would think about it. And then within, like, by November 5th, but nope, not for me. Yeah. Uh, Rob, what about you? I, I've never done it. I write so much to my own stuff here around that, uh, yeah, I just never have the time nor... I'm um, not really a prose guy, so no, never done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I always think about attempting it. This year, though, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go ahead and try to use it as an excuse to finish my novel. My nice. little novel, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I finally finally figured out the middle because I've I've got the beginning all kind of done at this point, and I've got the ending, but my middle was kind of a nebulous mess but i think i've got it figured out now and uh you know i i don't know if i'm gonna write fifty thousand words as uh, nano remo suggests because that is hard man that it's is also not a full novel that's a novella yeah that's true well i guess it sort of depends but uh i don't know i know some people at harlequin like there's some uh submission guidelines are like 75 yeah no i've heard i've heard sort of similar to that but even so anyone who writes fifty thousand words in a month deserves a pat on the back yeah. like that's that's not an easy thing to do, considering it's taken me like a year and a half to write. <laughs> I don't think I've written any words this month, so yeah, you know, big ups to people who can do anything. <laughs> no, it's taken me a year and a half to write like twenty-seven thousand words. Mm-hmm. Anyone who does fifty thousand in a month, I'm in awe of of your discipline, because it is not easy easy going. Can we use this time to workshop my uh, Sleepy Hollow script idea? Yes. <laughs> Because, what is your Sleepy Hollow script idea? So Audible did this promotion where they had Tom Meissen from the TV show Sleepy Hollow read the Washington Irving story, and they had it for free. So naturally, I like a deep-voiced British man speaking to me. And so I was listening to it, and, you know, the story is, like, so common that listening to the actual original words is kind of eye-opening. And just realizing that Ichabod Crane is supposed to be, like, awful. He's supposed to be annoying and kind of terrible. Oh, yeah, that was always one of the weird things about the Sleepy Hollow modern TV series. Is that, like, yeah, Ichabod Crane is not a likable fellow. Yeah, and I mean, like, in the Tim Burton movie, like, he's, you know, kind of annoying, but, like, he's still the hero. And in the story, it's Brom Bones who's the hero. I mean, he's sort of, like, a big jock or whatever, but he's still, like, the good guy. And then, like, there was this line about how Ichabod just really loved, like, fantastic stories about witches and things. And so basically, I would love to write a mashup of Sleepy Hollow and The Wicker Man. Hmm, that's yeah. an interesting thought. Where, like, you know, Ichabod comes to town and, like, I don't know, he sees Katrina being, like, a midwife or something. 
And he's like, witch, you're a witch. And they all are like, okay, sure. And then they just basically like band together to freak him out and run that nerd out of town. There's Ooh, no, I like it. There's no story to it, though, so let's workshop this. <laughs> let's see. We, I, I feel like we would need atypical witches, because I'm tired of the way witches are, are portrayed. Well, I'd like them to be, like, not actual witches, but just, like, you know, like, they, they're good with herbs, and they can, you know, deliver a baby, but... Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, even even have them be, like... Well, did you did you have a time period for this? Whenever Sleepy Hollow is set. Like, the original Sleepy Hollow is yeah. so, You know, back in, uh... God, I, the something, ni- something 19th like century? Pre, Pre-America. Yeah. Oh, is it pre-America, really? No. I think so. I always thought oh. it was. I always thought it was like the 1800s. Yeah. Honestly. Okay. Well, like 1840s right. or something. That's my guess. Let's look it up. I already did this a little with Kristen, and I, my tendency was to somehow actually put an actual supernatural element into it, and then all the conclusions I would draw would be the Tim Burton movie, basically. Uh. <laughs> well, I wanted the horsemen to be actually real and. But like everything else, they're just like normal people who happen to know a lot about, you know, medicine or something. <laughs> there and also happens to be a uh, ghost. Christopher 1820. Walken. Yeah. Oh god, that was that was so scary when the mother wakes up and he's like looming right over her. That was a fear of mine. It's just like waking huh? up and someone like on top of you. Just like, hey, I can't get away now. That's fantastic. And now he's kissing me with his sharp, pointy teeth. Fantastic. His teeth were sharp and pointy. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe we could make the headless horseman a woman. That would be neat. Why? Headless horsewoman. Yeah. I, I I just like the idea of trying to cross cast stuff. I guess trying to subvert a lot of the typical stereotypes that are found kind of in that time period, where like you often have witches who summon like powerful familiars and typically the witch is you know this kind of sultry or sneaky woman and the familiar is more masculine and i think it would be neat to sort of mix (laughs) you know switch that up have like a male figure who summons a a female figure of power i I just thought i I mean i'm into that when you put it like that i'm cool with it yeah I think that would be kind of fun. Also, if we, if you did it in a way that was mysterious, uh, it could make the, the kind of twist a little bit. The Headless better. Horseman has boobs! Oh my god. Oh, uh, the, other, the other one, too, where, like, you, you kind of set up all of these archetypes where you have, like, the typical witch or someone who even looks like they're hiding as the typical witch. But then it turns out all along it was, like, the fat mare <laughs> or yeah. someone like that who was manipulating this, this Headless Horsewoman. I don't know. I feel like they have that in X Files or whatever. Like one episode I saw where it's like the teachers are all like Satan worshippers. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good. There's episode. another one. There's another one like that um, in uh, like a refugee camp, a Haitian refugee oh, camp. Oh yeah, that's and, that one. Yeah, and the colonel ends up being the uh, the witch doctor. What the heck? So much traffic. But what Jeff was saying where it's like, oh, it's actually a conspiracy of all like the powdered wigs around. That's what the Tim Burton movie is basically. Yeah. Like as soon as you complicate it, because if you guys remember that movie, that movie, like the first hour of that movie is so great. And then like (laughs) the movie, the writer like realizes like, oh, he's like, oh, like if we're really doing this, like there needs to be reasons for all this crap. And all the reasons are like super complicated and kind of not good mm-hmm. storytelling. It is good that Christopher Walken 
isn't it though and has zero lines oh yeah he just goes <laughs> every time every time he's on screen <laughs> It's yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, I like that movie. That's yeah, I do too. It. Ever <laughs> Is it? Oh, yeah. With his, like, powdered mm. in cheekbones, but whatever. Mm, yeah. Oh, God, the, all the stuff with his mom, though, was so scary. It's like, I don't, I don't hey, remember kids, much an of Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah, an Iron Maiden. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she was, she was the witch, right? But not really. Or accused, or accused of being one right. or something. See, that's right. the thing. It's just like, oh, she was sort of sensitive to nature and like <laughs> like, like drawing symbols in the sand. She's the witch. Burn her. Well, that yeah. logic seems uh, irrefutable to me. Yep. It's very straightforward. Case of uh, cut and dry witchery. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Can we uh, talk about other Johnny Depp-esque uh, horror movies, because I recently decided to watch The Ninth Gate. I love uh, that movie. Huh. Yeah, I just w I watched the first half of that recently. Yeah, that is... It's like, so He's, like, so nonchalant about, like, oh, so that woman just flew down the stairs. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not quite sure what I saw. <laughs> um, like, I, I kind of... I like Roman Polanski generally with but I feel like he, he he doesn't know how to end movies, typically. Or he, he comes up with great twists, but he doesn't know how to reveal them. He, that's it. He doesn't do good reveals. But this movie, like, throughout is very nonsensical. Like, it just doesn't feel... It's like, it's like all of the lack of subtlety that his reveals typically have is just sort of throughout the movie instead of just isolated to a single reveal. Like, did you guys see Rosemary's Baby? Oh, I don't know if I've seen all of it, but I, I mean, right. I'm familiar with his work. Yeah, I won't, I won't reveal it, but for people who oh, have seen everyone it, everyone knows the end of Rosemary. Yeah, well, no, 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 it's 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 the specific way the scene is handled. It's just silly. Like it's it's really silly. Uh, I still I like it. I would agree with you that it seems now that you watch it, it comes off as a little like Twilight Zone and like a little dated. It's the champagne but... toast, really. Like yeah, yeah, that, that no, part it, of it. It comes like, off as, as, yeah, it comes off as kind of cheesy, but there's something, there's another sort of like a layer to underneath that is, is pretty sinister and uh, I think sells the movie I mean, pretty well. I mean, who's dealt with New York real estate, I think that movie makes total sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I feel, like, I feel like The Devil's Advocate is like a better version of the, the Ninth Gate kind of uh, concept in almost every single way. You know, and that's still not a perfect movie, but it's it, it, it handles it a lot better. This idea of, like... It's a surprisingly good movie. Yeah, yeah, of, of there's something nefarious about this seemingly everyday form of yeah. evil that turns out to actually be supernatural, but obviously, you know, works as a metaphor. Um, Lawyers are evil? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also saw... This one I can't remember as well, because I saw it longer ago, but I saw From Hell... And I oh, remember yeah. that yeah, movie's the... gross. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not gross. I I it's barely remember gross. watching it. It's, yeah, I watched it's it pretty recently. Really long. I don't remember a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> it also had kind of a bad ending, if I remember correctly. Where yeah, like... it's like uh, what's his? Isn't it like Emperor Palpatine ends up being Jack the Ripper or something? No, it's Bilbo. Oh, yeah, it's Bilbo. Bilbo. That's right. right. Bilbo Sorry, I got my got my sh short. Yeah, and then uh, and then Johnny Depp actors. like gets high on opium and dies or something. 
And oh, finally God. ODs after he's built up the resistance to it, but whatever. And then Hagrid finds him and says, Good night, sweet prince, while putting coins on his eyes, mixing his allusions to things, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so Johnny, uh, Johnny Depp in horror movies, uh, he's got kind of this history of, uh, I don't know, sort of ups and downs, <laughs> but mostly, mostly downs, I'd say. Yeah, well, uh, Secret Window's pretty bonkers, and... I don't remember being particularly scary. That's a Stephen King short story, I think, too. Mm-hmm. What's, and then what's I, the concept there? The concept is he's a he's a novelist, I think. He's out in the middle of the woods trying to get work done, and then a like Stephen King like, story about a novelist. I know, right? Tell Shocking. me another one. Shocking stuff there. He's so he's out in the wilderness trying to get this done, and I guess it's the whole like he's writing like something like really grisly and like you know fiction and reality start blending together, and it's that whole like what is reality? Why am I covered in blood? Kind of thing. <laughs> so, uh, and I don't in yeah I don't remember it being particularly good, uh, and I've never seen the astronauts. I'm sorry. Wait, what is it called? Is it the astronaut's wife, or he's he's the uh, he's the astronaut and he comes back he goes back from a mission and he impregnates his wife and he's like evil now from space. He's space evil. And <laughs> this has been another segment of Rob summarizing movies he's never seen. And um, I think space I think... evil needs to be like a trademark. <laughs> Rob term. He's space he's space <laughs> evil and um yeah and then yeah space it's kind of like Rose- evil. That seems like a whole trope thing. <laughs> it's kind of like Roseberry's space baby. <laughs> except he has a more in- antagonistic role as the returned husband from space. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, that's that's a horror thriller. Yeah, I just wanted to point out some more <laughs> Johnny Depp horror movies that weren't getting mentioned. Yeah, I have a pretty thin list of, of horror movies that I think are really great, but oh, I have yeah. a wide list of horror movies that are not great. Oh, my oh, yeah. thin list of, of horror movies that are great. Uh, the Descent is very high up there. I love The Descent. I think that's one of the best movies I've I ever seen. I only saw it once. Yeah, and what's cool about that movie is that it sounds, from the synopsis, like it will be bad. It's like, a bunch of women go out on an intense caving exploration only there's monsters. Um, can these yeah. attractive young women survive in the descent? But it's like not that at all. No, it's uh, not that at all. Like, like the characters are actually like incredibly well developed and they are not like bimbos and they fit none of the horror movie stereotypes. They're actually very competent people. When they make mistakes, it's understandable. It's not like, oh, you idiot mistakes. It's like, it's like, oh god, something horrible is happening in this cave and we have to cross this really dangerous thing in order to escape, so we have to attempt it. And, like, in the process of trying to attempt it, I get cut really badly on my leg, but I still make it. Like, it's stuff like that. And it it becomes more about endurance than anything else. Also, like, the monsters are almost an afterthought. Like, the cave is really the scary part, and that's really good. And then, um... The conflict between the characters is also excellent. Part of their development is that many of them don't like each other for very potent right. reasons that aren't just like, you know, superficial or, or dumb. So yeah, I, I love The Descent. I, I think that's that's probably one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. I also like 1408 a lot. That's uh, sort of based on a Stephen King short story oh. with John Cusack and Samuel really? L. Motherfucking Jackson. 
Yeah. It's you like that one? Yeah, it's it's less of a horror movie and more of a movie that happens to have some horror in it. But yeah, I like it. I I just think it's a good character piece. Yeah. And it's got like two or three moments that are exceptional. Just like I was out. Um <laughs> which I I quote to this day when referencing many events in my life. <laughs> 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 Namely, uh, trying to drive out of New York City. <laughs> Turn around and take the bridge. No! I was out! Did they ever play Hotel California in that movie? I don't think they play Hotel California. What the fuck? I know. You can check miss- out, but you can never leave. Mm-hmm. No, they, the they play that. I can't remember the name of the song, but uh, the, it's that a, song that goes, song We've only just begun. Like, what is that song? There's a, I remember, the only thing I remember about 1408 that I love and that was actually very scary was that there's, there's like a sequence early in the movie when John Cusack checks in, he's waiting for something spooky or weird to happen and we're waiting for something spooky or weird to happen and like for a long time nothing happens Yeah. and you're just like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and it's like. It's unbearable because you know, I mean, we all bought the ticket. We know something weird is going to happen and it just becomes a question of when in the first hour. So there's a a sequence where you're just like, okay, when is the first like horror beat going to come? And uh, it waits longer than than usual, and it's excruciating. Yeah, and one of the best parts about it too, I think, is that like throughout that process, John Cusack is skeptical. So you, as the audience, you have that anticipation, but he's just like, hmm. (laughs) nothing nothing happening there and then when it finally does start to happen it's like it's just sort of subtle and weird like uh yeah it wasn't what i expected it to be it's like yeah it's you're right it's not even i don't even think of it as a horror movie it's more like a i don't i don't know how to describe it it's very strange it's like one man's psychological breakdown yeah Um, another stephen king movie about an isolated writer yes exactly a writer surprise Kristen, what about you? Do you have any particularly favorite horror movies that you want to share? Mm, I'm a little baby wuss <laughs> I like horror TV. Like I like Twin Peaks and Hannibal. Like I like Sunshine, but I like it in the beginning before it becomes like standard horror movie. Then it just gets weird. I don't ever need to see a vibrating scalpel go into anyone's spine ever again. Ugh. Yeah, that's the noise it made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no. Wait, what is that from? From Sunshine? Yes. I don't remember the vibrating scalpel. Oh, I do. Um, maybe it's just like he stabbed it so hard it's like shaking, but I seem to remember it like buzzing or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that movie takes a weird turn from like from like like grim space adventure to slasher. It's very strange. Yeah. And I mean, it's still, like, some of the pinbacker stuff is okay, but, like, when his whole arm skin gets ripped off. Like, yeah, that was cool. That was my least favorite part of Hannibal, too. I love that movie so much. It's a great movie, but it just takes a very strange turn. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like strange turns, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Speaking. The, the oh, first sorry. movie it was before it became the second movie. I like the first movie more. <laughs> Uh, speaking of strange terms, you guys want to move on to Geek of the Week? Sure. That was my best segue ever. It was the best. The best around. Nothing is going to ever bring it down. Uh, let's actually just take a quick refill break, and then we'll be back with Geek of the Week. So we'll be right
week's segment where we talk about things we've been watching, reading, doing, or playing over the past few days that have nothing to do with all of the mediocre to great horror movies we've been discussing over the past <laughs> 45 minutes. So uh, let's go ahead and start with Rob on that one. Rob, I'm hot-seating you yet again. No! Rob, what have you been up to lately? God, uh, nothing. And uh, nothing. it's pretty sad. But let me shout out, just read a very touching very interesting article uh, at the AV Club where we recorded. It's called Fake Deaths, Cheap Resurrections, and Dealing with Real Grief. Oh, thank it's by, God. And it's uh, by uh, a gentleman named William Hughes. And this plays right into our very real health fears, Jeff, that we were discussing earlier. Oh, because God. the first, the first like three paragraphs are pretty harrowing discussing this guy's very sudden death of a fiance but he goes on to describe his emergence from grief in the past year and then his re-acclimating himself to pop culture and he's talking about the star trek sequel and guardians of the galaxy and some books and comics that he's reading and how his perspective on the way death is used as uh, a plot point has really changed and how haphazardly it's used and how cheaply it's used to borrow a word from the uh from the title and how frustrating that is when you've really dealt with something like i mean much of us have dealt with death of maybe uh, an older family member or something, but with like a tragic death of uh, mm-hmm. an unexpected death, how that changes, because that's what's mostly depicted in these kinds of fiction anyway, and how that really changes your perspective of how death is used as a flimsy way in, in a manipulative way and how maybe that's wrong or maybe he needs to get over it. It's, it's kind of uh, left up to you and he's sort of self-aware about that, but I... Uh, I've always said that, I mean, just uh, today I saw that they're resurrecting the Robin from the newest Batman series. I'm like, man, there's no there's no weight to it anymore. And from comics to TV to movies, especially in franchises, death is, is such a light and airy thing that just gets used all the time and not really compatible with real life. And I don't know. I, I like the comparison and I liked how earnest the writing was. So AV Club, Fake Deaths. Cheap resurrections and dealing with real grief. Uh, we'll put a link somewhere. Cool. We'll tweet yeah. it too. Yeah. Yeah, we need more land before times. Yeah. Where yeah. the death is is real and, and sad Jesus. and horrible and uh, overcomable as well. Those uh, movies were shattering. Well, the first one was that the first. Rest, yeah, well, I only watched scene. the first one. But the yeah, the rest. Star. Yeah, me too. I mean, I cried when a leaf died for fuck's sake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. That sounds about right. Now the first, the first one is the only one of those that's a real movie. The rest of them are all just like yeah, right, right, garbage. Cool. So let's move on to Kristen. Kristen, what have you been up to lately? So last week I got to go see Cabaret on Broadway, and mm. it was still Ellen Cumming, um, who's been playing the role for years, and he's just as fantastic as you could imagine. Lots of audience interaction, which was really fun. Like, you know, it starts out and he introduces everyone, the Kit Kat Club. So the girls are beautiful and the boys are beautiful. And so he's uh, introducing even the orchestra is beautiful. (laughs) But he's introducing the boys and he's like, here's Hans on the horn. He's the best at blowing. And then he points out in the audience like, oh, except you came back. Hello. (laughs) It was beautiful. And it was actually Michelle Williams who's playing Sally Bowles. And she was really good. She played her very fragile, which was interesting. Very, like, two seconds away from total breakdown. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of people kind of play her as just sort of angry and just pissed off at the world, but this is very, like, still optimistic, happy person who's a washed-up singer who's had several abortions. You know, like you do. Oh, we were sitting at a table, which is super fun. We had, like, a little lamp there, and felt like you were in a real club and everything. We got a really expensive drink in a sippy cup, so I don't spill it all over myself, with a very attractive shirtless waiter. <laughs> and it was just amusing because there's some people who had no idea what the show was about. And it's like, it's early 20th century Germany. What'd you think was happening? Because someone gasped when the first swastika came out. Like, Really? Yeah. Cabaret? Yeah. Some people who were laughing very uncomfortably during a lot of the second act, too. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> But yeah, no, Michelle Williams is really great. Although I do want to see how Emma Stone plays her because she's going to start in November. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah. I can't imagine her playing her fragile though. Right. Yeah, that would be... Emma Stone fragile doesn't... No. She's, doesn't she's always very strong. Yeah. Yeah. So she's uh, going to play the pissed off version, which is... Uh, it's a, both legitimate readings, but it'd be interesting to see both. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So let's see. What have I been up to lately? You know, I... Uh, I guess I, sh- I should pay a little bit of lip service to the news that Naruto is going to be ending. Naruto is a very, very popular Japanese manga and anime that has been going on for probably... Oh, God, it's 2014 now? Uh, easily a decade or more. I don't know exactly how long, but it's basically Harry Potter with ninjas. Um, the whole premise is like the, the world is filled with these villages that are, are made up of ninjas who all have kind of typical ninja techniques and powers. And uh, there's an education system in place for the ninjas and everything. And our hero is a, a character named Naruto who's kind of this outcast who is just super earnest and like really wants to be all he can be, but is also like a huge buffoon. But, you know, he has a, a, a secret power behind him and everything, etc., of course. So it's very uh, Child of the Prophecy kind of thing. You know, his, his exploits have been going on for ages at this, at this point, and there is a huge ensemble of characters. And it's gotten really convoluted and dumb. Like, really convoluted and dumb. And it's, it's a series that would be really, really great if it weren't so horrible all the time. Um, and I, uh, what I mean by that is that it's it's brimming with amazing story concepts that are all botched by horrible, horrible execution. The pacing is terrible. It's long, long expository chunks of dialogue that are really poor. But the actual like ingredients that are there are amazing. Like there are great characters. There's great setup. There's great motivation. There's even good development. And some of the designs are just cool. Like, the artwork is a lot of fun to check out. It's very colorful and interesting and distinct. In many ways, I don't know exactly which came first, but I would say, like, Avatar The Last Airbender is sort of very similar in terms of its visual style and kind of its action to what Naruto had been doing for quite a while. It's finally coming to an end. Uh, I think the manga ends in, like, a month or something like that, and then the anime will be ending in probably a year or two. Depending on, of course, they'll want to milk that for as long as they can, because that's how it goes. But I've been, I'm, I'm up to date on it now. You know, I, in some ways, it's, it's, a, it's a thank God I'll finally be released sort of situation, but I, I will miss some elements of it, to say the very least. So at this point, I want to give you guys an opportunity to make any shout-outs and to let people know where they can find you online. Let's start with Rob. You can find me on Twitter at Heroes Are Boring. Well, let's move on to Kristen. You can find me on Twitter at Nero's Liar. 
Well, you can follow me on Twitter at TisbyJeff. That's T-I-S-B for This Is Serious Business. You can find this podcast online at TisbyCast.com, uh, as well as links to our awesome Tumblr, our Facebook, our official Twitter account, which is way better than my actual Twitter, and uh, Aww, our, buddy. our MySpace or whatever the hell else we have. <laughs> so, as always, I have absolutely no idea how to end this episode. Hashtag Space Evil. I was out! <laughs> Hashtag two frames of side dick. Oh, yeah. How would Stephen King end this episode? Ugh. Get hit by a car. (laughs) No, I think I'd, like, cathartically write about it. I'd just be like, and then... That's when I learned the true meaning of friendship. This is serious business. No! I was out!